In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good Friday presents us with a pain, a discomfort which we would rather avoid. It's tempting to skip over Good Friday and rush on to Easter to immediately proclaim the triumph, its joy, its new beginnings. Good Friday and the crucifixion of Jesus, along with Easter and his resurrection, are both the central events of Christian faith and history. We say that our journey of faith is both the way of the cross and the way of resurrection. And these are the events by which we are called to view our entire lives. This afternoon, we have heard the passion story once again. The arrest, trial, crucifixion, death, and burial of Jesus. As it's presented in the fourth gospel, according to St. John, Now, I believe it must be said that more than in any other of the Gospels, John offers us both explicitly and implicitly an anti-Jewish perspective on the circumstances surrounding the death of Jesus. It's actually quite ironic because Jesus, all of his disciples, and John himself were all Jews. But his method of writing the Jews, rather than referring to some of the Jews or those particular Jews, has shaped Christian thought throughout the centuries. This anti-Jewish sentiment has been endorsed, included, or most often ignored in the church's liturgies and in our proclamation of the gospel, not only on Good Friday, but on countless other occasions throughout the church year. So let's be clear about it. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus died as a Jew. He was circumcised as a Jewish male, and we have a feast day to celebrate that event. There's every reason to believe that Jesus saw himself as a reformer of the Jewish religion and as a fulfillment of the promises made by the prophets in the Hebrew scriptures. There's no sign during his ministry on earth that he was intending to found a new religion called Christianity. In fact, the earliest Christians were known as followers of the way and almost certainly understood themselves to be Jewish, members of a Jewish sect or a branch. When we live in a time where hate crimes are at an all-time high at our country and in the world, it's important for us to say that there is absolutely no place in either our faith or in our communities for anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic thoughts or actions. At the very least, it needs to be said that both Jews and Gentiles played active roles in the decision to arrest and ultimately to crucify Jesus. 
But you see, no matter how much hand-washing Pilate might have done in the other Gospels, he and the Roman soldiers under his command were as responsible for the death of Jesus as were the Jewish religious leaders who plotted against him or the crowd who chose Barabbas and taunted the authorities to have Jesus crucified. So instead of trying to play the, place the blame on this group or the other group, it's important for us to remember that the way of the cross and the way of resurrection ultimately lead us to forgiveness. Towards being forgiven and towards being forgiving. Even if that means forgiving ourselves, forgiving those who appear to be unforgivable, or even forgiving God for being so forgiving. So what exactly does Good Friday mean for us today? In the crucifixion, God made flesh, Jesus Christ, took our sin upon himself and entered eternally into our suffering. Jesus Christ, in accepting the death upon the cross, became the ultimate social and religious outsider. He was rejected, scorned. He suffered unbelievable pains, pains so great that he called out in agony to God. By virtue of his death upon the cross, Jesus Christ will forever stand with us, each and every one of us, when we are in pain, when we are suffering, when we in any way face rejection, abuse, loss, or death in our living, and more especially in our own dying. By virtue of his death upon the cross, Jesus Christ carries our sorrow and pain to the very heart of God, no matter what that sorrow or pain might be, no matter what might have been its cause, even if it was in part of our own making or our own doing. As Christians, we need those tools and perspectives for dealing with issues of death, loss, and grief, and the reality of the cross in our own lives, both today and in the uncertain days to come. We find some of these tools in the liturgies of Holy Week and Easter, of All Saints' Day, All Souls' Day, each time we celebrate the burial of the dead. Sometimes we need to be reminded that different people grieve on different schedules and in different ways. And it's good for us also to remember that for some, the loss of a job, the death of a pet, the end of a marriage, or the alienation of a friend can be just as disruptive and disorienting as the death of a loved one. Now, the mood and the tone of this service can be sad and can weigh very heavily upon our hearts. Some preachers believe they should 
leave you on Good Friday in the depths of grief, death, and despair. But I'd rather leave you with a glimmer of Easter hope. If there's one thing that I'm certain of, it's that we can all entrust those who have gone before us, and if we're able, ourselves as well, into the unfailing and merciful love and care of God, both in this life and in the life to come. And as St. Paul so accurately reminds us, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.